2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. That show about video games, pop culture, and friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, back again for another episode. How was your week? Ah. Uh, Better, hopefully? Uh, just know, everyone, that there's a lot of things going on in the background that is my life, and it is not very fun, but I'm pushing through it, and I will get through it, and I will deliver these episodes with all the energy that I can muster. Yeah, there is, God, America has lost its mind. Oh, yeah. And well, did they have it in the first place? My white blood cells have lost their mind, still fighting <laughs> COVID a little bit. Luckily, not everybody in the family feels that way. It's just me and my mother-in-law. We're both like, it's clinging to us, which I was afraid of, but I'm feeling better. So at least there's that. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about the stuff we got into this week. Now, for those who are not following, Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 drops as of today, the day that we dropped this episode. Oh, yeah. It's a long weekend, y'all. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm not particularly keen on celebrating America right now. So stay indoors. And watch Stranger Things. George Foreman, those sausages, and watch Stranger <laughs> Things. <laughs> yeah, There's only uh, going to be two episodes. So really? Yeah. But like one of them's like two and a half hours or some shit, at least. They're only doing two episodes for the second part, and they're yeah. like feature length? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to try to like, you know, do one episode a day, kind of like stretch it out a little right. bit like I did last time. But it sounds like we're, we legit are going to marathon these boys. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we'll talk about our thoughts, I guess, next week. And then Miss Marvel continues to play. We had episode four this week. And it's really broadening its horizons. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's delightful. We got some extra deep cut comic book characters, globe trotting a little bit. We're getting to the history of why Kamala and why now and what's going on. And it's it's coming together. Yeah, I like and it. we're getting some good fight scenes. Yeah. Like seeing her creatively use her powers and stuff and seeing her face where she's like, oh shit. Yeah, I just did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's cool. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. And there are sometimes I feel like she has a handle on it a little too good, but at the same time, considering the origin of her powers, I'm letting it slide. And mm-hmm. it does still feel like she's figuring it out as she goes. And it's fun to watch that play out. So yeah. into it, into it. Speaking of watching stuff play out, you told me that you watched the movie recently and I forgot the title, but as soon as you started to describe it, I remembered it because I saw the damn trailer. What was that movie again? Yeah. So I saw Black Phone. Black Phone. In the theater. It stars Ethan Hawke. That's basically the only big name that's in this movie. But he's basically a kidnapper and he takes kids. Yeah. Doesn't he like kidnap kids and like play games with them and then eventually just kill them? Like, I don't get like what his deal is. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to like spoil anything. Too much spoiler. Okay. Yeah. Just like he kidnaps the, the main character kid and then it's up to his sister and him to figure out how to get him out of the scenario. He ends up being able to hear the voices of past victims and they're like talking yeah. to him and stuff. And so you can see that in the trailer. Yeah. So there's some ghost yeah. bullshit going on along with the whole kidnapper plot. Right. Yeah. But that that's as much as I'm going to say. It was just, I had a very good time watching it. It's very enjoyable. A lot of people are coming out saying, Oh, it's the best horror movie ever. I wouldn't go that far. At yeah. all, but it is really good. It's a great watch, and 
some of the twists and turns in there. And even some of the, there's a, a line specifically towards the end of the movie where I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> love this shit. <laughs> I, uh, when I saw the trailer, I thought I could go either way. So I'm happy to hear that it's actually pretty decent. Now, is it really decent or just Sonic 2 decent? No, I think it's really decent, man. I think it's really decent. I think it's really decent. Okay. Because even Can you me... said Sonic 2, if you just edit a few of the things, it would be good for you. Yeah, yeah, no, Sonic 2 needs an edit. I can't say that enough. It needs an edit. <laughs> um, I feel like Obi-Wan, the entire season, needs to be edited into a movie. But that's a whole other discussion, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see it. Where did you see that? At the theater? Oh, uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I might check it out when it goes to streaming. I'm still a little gun shy for obvious reasons on going out in yeah. public. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's move right along then. This is a video game podcast. And I think we're doing pretty good here. We got we got to video games quite quickly. Yeah, we did. This week, Derek, what you playing? I am playing The Artful Escape. I played it for about 15 minutes before I was taken away by my daughter who refused to go to bed. <laughs> what is it about my description of the game that made you want to try it? Because I didn't think I was super charitable with it. Well, I, I had seen trailers on it before and I was just like, eh. You know, let me try something because, of course, it's on. Uh, was it one of the free games or was it? Yeah, it's on. Game oh, Pass. Well, it's on PlayStation Plus Premium as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah. I okay. Just cool. It. And I like the. I dig the art style. Mm-hmm. You know, the voice acting is it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was just interested to see, like, I want to see like all the wondrous space stuff going on and whatnot, and I want to see these voice actors' performances, especially Carl Weathers. So I'm I'm just interested in that aspect of it mostly. Like, I was getting really into it, and then I just had to stop, and I was kind of upset. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, but... Do you think you'll have time to play some more this week? Yeah, I think I will. Okay. I think I will. Well, I'd be interested, time. if you can get to the Carl Weathers part and then start to get into more of the psychedelic stuff, I'd be interested to see what your take is on it. Again, I just, I didn't find it wildly engaging, and so I decided to go ahead and cut off, but, I, you know, if you have a different take or get a little further than i did i'd be interested to hear what you think for sure and the next thing i was playing that i was supposed to be playing but again nora hijacked my game time was b simulator i always see b simulator all over the place and i'm like i want to be a bee i want to collect some honey i want to i want to pollinate some plants you know so i put it on she's like ew you're a bee i want to play and she, every time the camera would get close to the bee she'd be like ew get away from me bee just so cute the bee controls extremely wildly. Like it's not very snappy at all. It's like you move that stick and that bee is gone. Mm. He's all over the place and he's clipping through walls and stuff. But shit, bees move really fast. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Doesn't doesn't feel like it simulates the bee life very well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't really play much of it. Nora was doing most of the playing, and then I was just like, here, let me help you get over to this place. La, la, la. Really don't have anything else to say about it other than I played it and I don't recommend it really. Okay. Fair enough. Finally, Warriors All-Stars. So remember, I think it was last week or the week before, I was talking about how I was streaming it and I got kicked out. Well, there was also an option to download it. So I did download it. So was it the PS4 version that you were streaming? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you think so? No, yes, 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 it was. Okay. Because there is no PS3 version. It's a PS4 game. Yeah, I was confused about that. I wasn't but I sure. I didn't if... realize that some PS4 games you can stream, that you can stream most of the PS4 games as well. Why you would choose to do that? Yeah. I don't know. Well, but, if you have a better connection. I mean, we talked about, you know, yeah, the if you got the of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I like it. 
Ryu Hayabusa all the way. Yeah. It's funny because it's basically like a furry. <laughs> it's like you get dropped into a land of the furries. And <laughs> it's got some interesting choices for characters. The guy from Neo, isn't it? Yeah. And it's interesting that he speaks English instead of Japanese. All the other characters speak Japanese. I think it's because his character in Neo also spoke English because he wasn't actually Japanese, right? Oh, yeah, I understand that. But the fact that they just went on ahead and didn't give him a Japanese voice. That is interesting, actually, now that you think about it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. That is weird. They refuse to localize their own IPs. And then if they do IPs for other people and they're not forced to, they won't localize those either. And we talked about how like disruptive that can be. If you don't localize a Warriors game and they're talking at you while you're fighting, you can't read at the same time. So then it becomes like this big thing. Right. That's the thing that kind of bugs me about current modern day like they they used to localize dynasty warrior games and now they don't want to for some reason well, no i think they still localize dynasty warriors although they yeah. don't put as much effort but yeah as far as like they didn't localize berserk they didn't localize warriors all-stars i don't think they localized warriors rochi uh mm-hmm. so that kind of bugs me but what are you gonna do yeah i'm, I'm glad you're enjoying mm-hmm. it i played the, yeah, I the shit out of that game there's a lot to play yeah, it, there really is a lot to play, and I feel like there's too much, and I feel like I'm just gonna it's gonna go by the wayside. Oh yeah, for sure. I never finished it myself. The same way that Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Like I haven't played that in so long. Matter of fact, I left my Switch over my friend's house, and it's been over there for like a week. I did finish Age of Calamity, but only because it was like story driven. And now right. that they're doing better stories, that's kind of what's keeping me around. Mm-hmm. But when they would make a massive game. And it wasn't so story driven or the story was really crappy. Like Warriors All-Stars is the same. Like, oh, we're all pulled into the same world bullshit. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Like it's cool to see all your favorite characters from their different respective IPs and franchises that the publisher owns. But that's about as far as it goes. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Mike, what you've been playing? We know what you've been playing. Go ahead and tell us. Yeah, yeah. Well, before that, there was a demo that was dropped this week for Live Alive, and I do have that pre-ordered because I figured that it might go pretty quickly considering its pedigree. Yeah. The demo was interesting. You got to play as like three of the different multiple characters in their opening stories, and the battle system is really interesting. It's grid-based, and you can walk around in it, and it seems like your readiness to action and the enemy's readiness to action occurs if any movement around the grid is made or actions are made. So an action might increase their readiness by a certain amount or moving left or right might do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of awkward to get the hang of, but the game overall is really high production value. The music sounds great. The voice acting is great. The sound effects and sound design are great. Obviously the HD 2D aesthetic looks really nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm not unhappy <laughs> that I have this pre-ordered. And the cool thing is, is like a lot of decent demos out there, any progress you make in this demo will carry over. I didn't play as much as I would have liked to have played it because I am really stuck on my other game right now. But I, I did want to dip my toe and just make sure I didn't need to cancel my pre-order. And okay. at this point, I'm sticking with it. So that's good. All right. And it's, it's budgeted somewhat. It's not a full 60 it's $50. If people are interested in checking it out, it's a little piece of history. It is a SNES title that never made it to the U.S. It was never localized, and they've just put all the bells and whistles on it. And I want this to sell 
because I want them to do this with other RPGs that didn't make it and did make it from that era. Because adding, you know, the updated sound design, the music, the voice acting, the effects, the 2D HD aesthetic, it makes those games feel so fresh. Yeah. So, really into it. Sweet. Yep. And then the other game, of course, I've been playing is still Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. I mm-hmm. That game is massive. I've already put, including the 20 hours I put into the demo on one uh, house, the Golden Deer, I put an additional... 35 hours or so story mode so i'm like i'm approaching 60 hours in the golden deer house and i haven't finished it yet Mm. (laughs) and that's just one house i know you like that (laughs) i wanted to debunk a theory that i had from the demo if you remember when i talked about the demo i talked about how you run into byleth and byleth is wearing the outfit that they wear at garrick mock well as I've gotten further in the game, I don't feel like it is time travel bullshit or shenanigans. And I feel like this really is a bylift that just never taught at Garrick Mock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why are they wearing that outfit? Because I thought for sure they didn't wear that outfit until they got to the monastery. But I went back and looked at the original game. And sure enough, Byleth always wore that outfit, oh, even okay. when they were just with Gerald's company and they, they weren't a teacher yet. So... Mm-hmm. I made a mistake there and I wanted to correct on that in case people were confused. You know, the the two or three fans of Fire <laughs> Emblem that pay that close attention that listen to the show. <laughs> Unlike the Golden Root style that they went with in Age of Calamity, where it was kind of like, let's use time travel to see if we can get a different outcome with the Hundred Year War. Mm-hmm. Or just, just the direct sequel route that Persona 5 Strikers took, where they just picked up where they left off to continue the story. This is more like a what if. What if there was a separate interaction with the heads of the three houses from this new OC, this new character that you play as, and Byleth remains your enemy, and then eventually you interact with Byleth as they support one of the other factions. And then the story can branch off with you staying antagonistic towards them or joining forces with them. So it just depends on how you want to take the story. And obviously, there's probably an optimal route for that. And I won't get into too many specifics in case people want to check it out. I don't want to like ruin too many things. But it feels like it's playing with the two... Like, I'm going to get lore heavy here with three houses. Whoa. It's playing with the two outside races that aren't distinctly mentioned until you get to the end game of three houses. You have what people in Fire Emblem know of as anybody with green hair. They're kind of special for particular reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have this other race that seems to be governed by a lot of the bad guys in Three Houses. And there's a history that goes back really far between these two sides. And I feel like just like Byleth is aligned with the green-haired side, I feel like this new OC is aligned with the other side. Oh. Which... I don't even think they know it yet, nor does the entity, which is called Arval. You meet him almost immediately. He's kind of like Sothis, where Sothis was in Byleth's head. We have mm-hmm. Arval and Shez as the OC character's actual name, unless you change it. We have Arval and Shez's head, and they both are kind of the source of a mysterious power for that character, right? So now I'm like, how does this intersect and and what is the relationship of Shez and Arval versus Byleth and Sothis versus the race of people that they both represent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And the story is really good. There's been some like dumb conversations. You have a lot of, you know, side conversations with characters who increase their affinity for each other through fighting side by side and doing activities. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. one in particular with Claude and Hilda that I thought was so stupid. But overall, the writing's been really great and fun. Some of it's been kind of heartfelt like it was in the original. I haven't run across any writing that was as profound as what hit me in the original Three Houses game. But again, I've only gone through a portion of one house. So it could be that once I get to the other side and see the bigger picture or go through maybe meeting some of the more contemplative characters like Dimitri in Edelgard, they're obviously very serious characters compared to Claude. I might start to see more of that develop because for all intents and purposes, and I think I said this before, this is just another Three Houses game with different combat, you know? So it's great. I am addicted. I can't stop playing. I want to be playing right now. I don't want to do this show. I don't want to edit this show. (laughs) I want to quit and just go play Three Hopes. I love it so much. I'm going to be speaking about it in depth and everything surrounding it probably very thoroughly from start to finish in a few weeks. Expect that maybe around mid-July on a different show as long as everything kind of goes through okay. So I will signpost that if and when it happens. So for those who are interested in hearing like the full spoiler ridiculousness, I'll probably split all that out. So that way people can listen to the first half of that interview. And then like I can get into spoilers and everything for those who are interested who are, or for those who are playing along. You have plenty of time to finish it because I won't be doing that for a while. But uh, yeah, I am like in it and I can't stop. Like it is mm-hmm. my thing right now. And oh, yeah. I'm so obsessed with it. I find it very hard to tear myself away to do anything else. And it's even harder because you can portableize that mug. Yeah. I don't even have to stop playing if I have to, like, go to the bathroom. Right. Although I do, I'll, I'll step away. I'll give myself a break. Mm-hmm. As I'll you do should. That. I do yes. do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you guys do do do. But yeah, yeah, that is the games we were playing this week. So let's get right into gaming news. Gaming news. feeling better this week i was able to do the full song man (laughs) (laughs) oh man voice is still a little scratchy so i'm gonna periodically be taking drinks like right now okay good stuff from software there are some recent tweets and reporting that they are pretty much done with their most recent project and they are hiring like you wouldn't believe and working on several new projects they're taking the momentum from Elden Ring and their past titles and just running with it. And good for them because they're on a roll right now. Yeah. Like, apparently they haven't missed. No, and there's speculation they might be reviving Armored Core. I've heard murmurs of that recently. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how credible that is, but that would be neat. I love me a mech game. And it'd be interesting if they take their latter day design philosophy and apply that to a mech or robot game. Because if you played older From Software titles like Armored Core or Metal Wolf Chaos, they really don't resemble Dark Souls-y like combat. You know, they're their own thing. They're arcadey, they're goofy, they're fun. But it'd be interesting to see if they decide to keep the spirit of those games intact or if they apply some of their current design philosophies to it. We'll, uh, We'll see how that plays out. So fans of From Software, keep your eyes and ears open. Now, according to Famitsu, for two weeks now, not every week, but the recent two weeks, in Japan, the Xbox Series X and S, both together and individually, outsold the PS5. 
Mm. In Japan, that is a feat. Now, I would chalk that up to supply and chain issues, obviously. Xbox has not been hit near as hard as PS5. I still find that to be an interesting thing. When I tell you no one asks me for Xboxes, yeah. no one. Because they don't need to. Because they're they're out there. They're everywhere. They did a good job of like supplying the Xbox. Even me, when I, on a humbug, decided to get an Xbox, it took me, I think, all of a week of searching. Yeah, I mean, any Xbox. Like even the one, the ones or the three, like nobody asked me for Xboxes. It's I don't think anybody would want a three sixty or one because they did such a good job with their backwards compatibility. It's yeah. not you know obviously completely across the board. So if you're an old head like me, you want to hang on to your three sixty to play some of the games that have not been uh, made backwards compatible. But for the most part, your average gamer, there really is no reason to pick up a one or a three sixty or an original yeah. for that matter. Yeah. You know. I stopped buying them bitches. Yeah. Uh, During June 13th through June 19th, the specific numbers, they sold 6,695 units compared to PS5 selling just over 3,000. Wow. That's like, I mean, that's over double. I was blown away by that. In Japan, guys. In Japan. They do not suffer our consoles over there. They're like, no, we're good. (laughs) So... Thought that was interesting. Yay for Xbox, I suppose. Sony, get your shit together. Get more PS5s out there to people. Now, on a maybe more negative note for Xbox, there was recent reporting. I don't know if we spoke about this on the show or not, but it's definitely been on my radar. I mean, we've been talking about crunch with different studios lately, and there was news, and I think Kotaku reported on it, Zenimax, Bethesda, there was crunch on Skyrim, there was crunch as recently as Fallout 76, I don't think Xbox or Microsoft owned Bethesda back in 2018 when it was being developed. Do you recall if that Mm. was the case? I don't think they did. That's fairly recent. Yeah, that would have been under Bethesda's own kind of window. But Xbox nonetheless did push back. Matt Booty, the Mm. head of Xbox Game Studios, holds your sophomore jokes. Mm. Matt Booty pushed back on the crunch. In an interview with Kotaku, or I don't know if it was with Kotaku or Kotaku was reporting on comments made by Matt Booty. I'll link the article for those interested because there's a lot of details and components of this story. But in essence, let me sum it up for you. Matt says it's not fair to hold what a studio did a decade ago against it because that was just kind of the culture back then. He's not condoning it or saying it was good. But he's like, I used to sleep under my desk to get the job done, and we consider that a badge of honor. I mean, cute, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. kind of sounds a little bit like you like it, but all right. <laughs> and he mentioned that, you know, Xbox is unaware of any crunch going on under their roof, but it's also reported that they take a very hands-off approach with established studios that they buy, and they're not really overseeing Bethesda closely. And Matt also mentioned, instead of going out to reporters or talking about this with the public, Employees really should be going through the proper channels at Xbox and reporting it to HR so it can be reviewed independently, which I thought was an interesting choice of words because how independent is Xbox's HR department? Because it's it's for Xbox. It's right. Microsoft. I don't know who needs to hear this out there because at one point in my life, I did need to hear it. Human resources is not for you. If you don't mm-hmm. sign checks, if you cash checks, it's not for you. It's for the people that sign the checks. If you go to Human Resources and it's about something that puts you at odds with the company, HR is going to take the company's side. So I don't think that that's a proper solution 
for corruption that runs that high, or if it's institutionalized, which, as he had just so admitted himself, that was the standard. That's the culture. And if you're going to change something that's that widespread and that institutionalized, you're not going to do it through your local HR. You're going to do it through reporting and whistleblowing. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Totally. Yep. We should have a, a department called BR, which is business resources. And that's for, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. for the other people. CR, the PRs, corporate resources. Corporate resources. Yeah, well, they do have a BR. It's called union, joining a union, yeah. unionized people. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what you got to do. Now, this really stood out to me in particular because I've been weighing my relationship, my future relationship, I should say, with Activision Blizzard since they're being purchased by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And considering this and the fact that they are largely hands-off and that it's going to be going over the period of years, I think I am going to continue to cool off on Activision Blizzard because I don't see them rushing in to fix anything anytime soon if they do it at all. And I think yeah. it's going to take continued external pressure and publicizing what goes on at that company for Xbox to really like pretense to care. I think there are people there that act in good faith. I'm not really sure what's going on inside Phil Spencer's head, but everything I've seen from him leans towards him actually giving a damn. You know what I mean? But again, Mm -hmm. I take the trust I have for corporate heads with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? It it could all just be PR. That said, I'm going to hold off for a while until I see substantial evidence of their intent or the result of them cleaning house, so to speak, over at Activision Blizzard. So looks like Diablo 4 and me are going to have to wait, unfortunately. That is what it is. There are plenty of other games to play. So, Mm -hmm. All right. And again, that's a personal decision. I understand that boycotts don't work in and of themselves, but I think the very act of discussing it like we do and having those conversations come up, obviously it's moving the needle. We can see evidence of that week over week. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're, we're making waves. We're shifting the industry. And it's a great thing to see. Yeah. Uh, now, for those who are interested in still playing Marvel's Avengers, a la Nerdy the Sensei, I know he's one of our friends that likes to play that, and anybody else who's still into it for whatever reason, they did drop a new character for free this week. New character. Yeah. A new challenger. The Mighty Thor. Basically, the version of Thor that we see Jane Foster play in Thor Love and Thunder has been added yeah. to Marvel's Avengers. Awesome. Ooh, I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, the movie I think is going to be a lot of fun. That comes out on July 8th? Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes. Okay, I'll probably wait for uh, streaming again. Gun shy. But I'm excited to check it out for sure. For those who still have access to it and are mildly interested or just super into it, you probably already know. That character dropped. You can check her out right now. And then the major piece of news that happened this week was the Nintendo Partner Direct. Now, unlike a regular Nintendo Direct, we're not going to be talking about a lot of first-party developed titles. But Nintendo does partner with a lot of other publishers and developers and even lends out IP, as we'll see in some of the games discussed. Or they have exclusive rights, like console version rights. So it's still relevant to Nintendo fans to check this out. And according to some folks, including you, Derek, it was a pretty good one this week. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was watching it. I watched it live, and the pacing was just very good. Yeah. It's just like, here's a game. Okay, let's move on. Here's a game. Move on. Here's a game. Move on. 
Like they stopped at some of the big games. Like the first game they showed was Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which we've been seeing stuff about that for a year now. Yeah, that that literally dropped yesterday as of the time that this episode comes out. Yeah, so I know that the Monster Hunter players are really excited about that. Yeah, can I just say one thing about Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, though? Yeah. What the fuck, GameStop? With the Amiibos. What happened? GameStop has exclusive rights to the Monster Hunter Amiibos, but I haven't had an opportunity to pre-order any of them. You can pre-order the special edition for the larger, like, dragon amiibo or whatever, or the monster. I don't know what the names are right now off the top of my head. But there's three amiibos that are coming out specifically for Sunrise, and there's just been nothing. And usually, once we get to the release date, they'll come out. But I've I've seen, like, I'm just going to look at Twitter right now. What, 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 What do we have? What do we have? Nothing. Nothing. What the hell, GameStop? Where are the amiibos? Yeah, I don't understand. So... I had to order them from Play Asia, but the prices are jacked up. For one of the Amiibos alone, the larger one, it was like $40. Damn. What are we doing? Not the right thing, I tell you that. Not the right thing. Now, I'm watching closely because as soon as they drop for a reasonable price here in the States, I'm going to cancel that Play Asia order so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so hard, so fast. Yeah, but the fact that I even had to like order them from overseas because I'm not sure if GameStop is going to have them. You know what I mean? Like It's just right. ridiculous. It shouldn't yeah. be this difficult to, to get Amiibo, so. Right, it's just a toy at the end of the day. Yeah, but the game looks cool, I guess. I don't know. I'm not really interested. I just want the Amiibo. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, next, they show Near Automata, the end of your audition. I'm like, oh shit, Near Automata on the Switch? It looks okay. Now, it looks like it's running at like 720p, 30 frames per second. That's fine. Yeah. The game is amazing. Mm-hmm. I suggest if you have not played it on any other platform, you have a Switch... Definitely pick it up because it includes all of the previous release DLC and everything like that. It even has some original costumes made specifically for this edition. Yeah. And that's yeah. coming out in October. So oh, it is? Okay, great. great. Yeah. Yeah, we're eating. Uh, next game they showed, was, and I just kind of took over the... <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, the direct, but yeah. next they showed a, looks like a murder mystery game called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. I didn't really see anything interesting about it. there was no gameplay shown or anything so it's from annapurna so you know it's probably going to be good i mean these are the uh, same people that made cyanora wild hearts you know what i mean okay it's yeah. coming out sometime next year so we'll probably see more of it before it releases so for those who just thought that the style of it looked interesting or love anything that annapurna does we can keep an eye on it okay cool and next a big surprise super bomberman r2 mm. and i'm like I saw another YouTube where he was like, Konami's still making games? <laughs> <laughs> All they do is pachinko now. But uh, What were your thoughts on this? Because I feel like the first Switch Bomberman was crappy and they had to keep patching it to make it good. I didn't even play the first one. Mm. Like Bomberman was so far removed from my like radar or desire to play. I haven't played Bomberman since, fuck, what was it on? Game Boy? I mean, it was on NES and Super NES and all that. I think it was even on Genesis. The thing about Bomberman, it is one of the experiences that I remember having a lot of fun with local multiplayer as Mm -hmm. a kid. It is really fun local multiplayer. So if you're looking to build your Switch collection from the standpoint of having friends over and playing games, you know, your Smash Brothers, your Mario Kart, your Super Mario Strikers, I think this should be in the rotation. Alongside like other smaller, lesser known multiplayer titles like, you know, Star Wall or Killer Queen Black, stuff like that. I think it would be a worthwhile addition. Yeah, for sure. That's coming out next year. 
And the next game that they announced is a kind of a big one. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. This is a collection of all 10 Mega <laughs> all 10 mega man battle network games so it's mega man battle network one two three blue three white four blue moon four red sun five i didn't see network transmission though the gamecube one it wasn't on there oh no these are these are uh game boy advance games so all these are game boy advance games okay i mean that's still Uh, cool but i I really need if they got the gamecube one team proto man side beast gregan and side beast Falzar. Did you ever get in the Network Legacy? I didn't, but I always looked at them like, because apparently it's a turn-based RPG. Yeah, which is not your jam, traditionally. Yes, it is. Turn-based RPG? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking tactics RPG. Oh, yeah. So it's a turn-based. I mean, like, you can, yeah, you can kind of move him up and down, but like Game Boy Advance, you're very limited in what you're able to do anyway. True. It's coming out in 2023. There's going to be a physical edition. Which great, I'm gonna buy it because I just I don't know. Those games right now, like a lot of those games are really expensive. If you just want the Game Boy Advance version, it would behoove you to grab this collection if it comes out. If you ever have any interest or ever think you're gonna be interested in playing them. Uh digitally it's gonna release in two separate collections. So it's gonna be like volume one and volume two. That's coming mm. out next year. I think I'll pick that up too. I agree with you. Sometimes you can just call an audible on something that's gonna be rare and expensive. Yeah. Uh, next we got Pac-Man World Repack. This is a remake of the PS1 Pac-Man World, and I'm excited. Hmm. Looks cool. Is it from the ground up remake? Yeah. Neat. It's from the ground up. So uh, that's coming out in August, so I'll be checking that out. Yeah, August 26th specifically this year. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. cool. Uh, we've got a... Who's this game from? Gearbox. Blanc. Yeah, a game from Gearbox called Blanc. It's about... A was about a deer and a fox cub that are or a wolf cub that are trying to make their way back to their family or whatever. I, yeah, it's like know. a it was like a puzzle game. It had really pretty 3D art. It's monochrome rendered, so it's very particular art style. It has a co-op mode too, so I feel like it could be something that you could play with a friend and kind of do an, the adventure, do the puzzle solving with. You know, kind of maybe mm-hmm. like the the portal sequel, I guess. Yeah. I, not okay. directly comparable, obviously, because of the style, but you know, the, the same vibe. Just solving right. puzzles together, right? And that's so. coming out February twenty twenty three. The next thing they showed off, Return to Monkey Island. I don't have anything to say about anything Monkey Island related. I don't have a big history with adventure games, but there is a huge following, and Devolver Digital is publishing it, so you can expect quality from it. But uh, yeah. yeah, coming out uh, later next, this year. A Pretty substantial portion of it was dedicated to Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks great. Like the first game, like I didn't beat it or anything, but from what I played of it, I was like, oh, this is an amazing game. Like, how did they even decide to marry these two <laughs> franchises and create a tactical XCOM type? Like, right? No, I expect it'll be an excellent game, very well made. I will not be playing it because yeah. it is developed by Ubisoft, but oh. uh, or Ubisoft. Or Ubisoft. Ubi. I don't care. But yeah. No, for those who don't have any qualms about the way that uh, Ubisoft treats their employees, or at least not enough qualms to actually boycott, it looks like it would be a decent uh, game to play this year. Yeah. So it comes out I mean, October 20th, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
And next we got, remember, uh, well, speaking of Mario Rabbids, remember when they showed that first trailer like a year ago and everybody was like, that looks too good to be Switch on a regular Pro. Switch. Yo, yeah. yeah, Switch Pro, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, next we got a uh, little Noah Scion of Paradise. It's a casual roguelike with adorable vibes. Mm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play it. Yeah. These are the yeah. same people that made Dragalia Lost, um, which I never really yeah, got I into, but I always gave it the side eye. I don't know. It's just one of those, you know, interesting little uh, RPGs on the Switch that not too many people have played. So mm-hmm. I might be look. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're hard up for RPGs, might not be a bad idea to check it out. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. You can get it right now if you want, but uh, I'm not rushing out personally. So I love Shadow Drops though, for yeah. whatever it is. I love that shit. It's exciting. Yeah. It's like eh, out that'll now. be out today. What? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Next, they showed off Rail Grade. It's just a railway management sim. Not mm-hmm. gonna be playing yeah. it. Uh, RPG time, The Legend of Right. I don't remember actually seeing this one. This is neat. So, I mean, the name is a little generic. It's from Aniplex, but Aniplex. the concept is essentially you play as a hand drawn character in a storybook, and you can use the different writing instruments you have to help solve puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just like a, a fantasy style adventure. You know, the vibe that you got when you're playing Moss. Mm-hmm. obviously a very different art style and it's not VR, but I feel like this is going to be a similar vibe. Okay. You're going to be like almost looking over a book and adventuring inside of it and helping that the character solve puzzles with your outside influence. So okay. it looks really neat. That's when that one's coming out August 18th and I'm, I might be checking that one out. Awesome. We got a new gameplay trailer for Sonic frontiers. It finally showed us some zones. Hmm. Like, the only trailers that they've been showing so far have been, ooh, guess what? Sonic's in an open world, and he's fighting bad guys. And it's like, yeah, but where are the an zones? An open at? zone. Yeah, where are the zones? So, apparently, there's, like, these cyberspace zones that you can go into. And it's basically going to be Green Hill Zone and, you know, so on and so forth. Sure. And, yeah, it's glad that they didn't throw away zones, because that's pretty much their bread and butter. And that's what makes Sonic games Sonic. Sure. Honestly, to be able but to go will fast. it be good? Ah, we can mm-hmm. only hope. We can hope. Oh. I, I. Either way, it's going to be entertaining. Either it's going to be good, and that's a surprise, and great. We'll pick it up and try it out, or it'll be terrible, and we'll have fun watching Let's Plays rip it apart. Oh yeah, so we will see. Uh, next up, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Eh. No gargoyles. Zero out of ten. Zero out of ten. Uh, Live alive. We talked about that earlier. The demos dropped. Yep. You can play it now. Check it out. The release is on the 22nd next month, or this month, actually. Yeah. Doraemon, Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom. I don't know what the big deal about Doraemon is, but... Uh, Excuse me, it's one of the most influential anime IPs of all time. That's what people say. Yeah, and I know that, but, you know. eh. Minecraft Legends, we heard about that already. Dragon Quest Treasures, a new Dragon Quest spinoff. But really, you know, I'm not gonna lie. When I was okay. watching this, I thought it was gonna be a mobile game. I don't know why, because it was a oh, Nintendo Direct. Like, but I yeah. thought for sure it was gonna be like a Nintendo mobile game, and I'm like, why are they showing us this mobile bullshit? <laughs> and like, y'all know me. I've said it before. Dragon Quest 11 was the first one that I played through and beat. So like, I'm a Dragon Quest fan for life. But they have not really gotten me with these spinoffs yet. Mm. Like, it looks fine. But I, I just want I want Dragon Quest twelve to come out. If you want some more Dragon Quest, you should go back and play Dragon Quest eight. 
eight. That's what I hear. Yeah, I have it on PS2, but I think you can get a copy for 3DS. I think they re-released it. Oh, but, they uh, it again. Okay. It might even show up on PlayStation Plus Premium. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Might be into looking into, but it's worth playing for sure. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's see next. Captain Velvet Meteor: The Jump Plus Dimensions. Hmm. I don't remember seeing that. I don't recall that one either. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> Portal Companion Collection. Mm. This is funny. When I saw this, I was like, wasn't this already on Switch, though? <laughs> right. <laughs> I swear I thought I saw... Maybe it was announced a while back or something. I don't know. But I, I could have swore it was already on Switch. So when I saw that, I was like, how is this news? But it's out right, right. now. Yeah, cool. Go get it. Yeah. Go get uh, your, your, portal games go get your portals on, on your Switch. Take your portals on the go. <laughs> and then we got a new announcement from Square Enix, Harvest Stella. Harvest Stella. new farm sim RPG like Harvest Moon. And mm-hmm. look, it honestly looks more like Rune Factory because you farm and everything, but you actually go out and battle monsters and stuff to gain. I was going to say, considering that Rune Factory 5 was a bit of a flop, this might be the thing to kind of redeem that genre this year. Yeah. It's coming out November 4th. Yeah, it's so interesting that that genre is like still pushing forward after all these years. Like I, I know like Animal it. Crossing was, yeah, I know Animal Crossing was like huge, but. Well, I wouldn't compare it to Animal Crossing. I'd compare it to Battle Chef Brigade or uh, Sakura Rice and Ruin or Moonlighter. Oh, okay. There's a lot of games, mostly on the indie scene, but some sort of mainstream that have been really tapping into the formula of go dungeon diving. And then do life sim stuff that directly correlates with what you find when you're dungeon diving. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like Ayud and Chronicle Rising did it a little bit. Just it wasn't as directly tied. But there was a lot of stuff that you would find that would help you build up the town, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I really dig that gameplay loop. I'm excited by the prospect of going out and doing RPG style battles or monster hunting or whatever. And then taking that stuff back to help my life sim bullshit. I mean, it's... Kind of the reason I'm so attracted to Persona, because I like yeah. the idea of dungeon diving and then developing, you know, my everyday kind of monotonous school and social life bullshit that then further strengthens me for more dungeon diving and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think, you know, if they do it well and it looks pretty competent, then it might be fun. You know, we'll, we'll have yeah. to see. Yeah, well, that's coming out in November. So November 4th. Yep. You don't look out for that. And in a move surprising absolutely no one, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal are heading to Switch. I did see this one coming. That's true. Yeah. Especially after Xbox revealed it was coming to Xbox. I thought, oh, it's definitely coming to Switch. What the hell? Faux show. And it looks yeah. like the same day. I believe they're dropping October 21st on both Game yeah. Pass and Switch for Persona 5 Royal with yeah. Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden following up sometime shortly after. Yeah, and now I bought Persona 5 Royal for PS4, and I just basically had started it and just didn't get back into it because I didn't want to sink those hundred plus hours oh, and into you that game. Oh, and you will. But now that it's coming out on Switch, Uh-oh. I think I'm going to have to grab that again. They're going to get more of my money. I'm wondering what the comparison of load times will be, though. I mean, I I don't care. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because that's the one thing that made me regret getting Persona Five Strikers on Switch is that loading was like, it wasn't terrible, but it was definitely noticeable. And I know that I would have saved so much time if I had the PS4 version, 
and I was playing it on my PS5 instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and I don't yeah. think I'll ever play Persona 4 Golden again, especially after the corrupted file that I experienced after 30 hours into the game. Oh, no. And <laughs> Persona 3 Portable, maybe. Like, I love Persona, but... I wish I they'd know. stop doing this. They keep porting the portable version, and it's fine. But the PSP had obvious limitations versus the PS2. I wish they mm-hmm. would just port FES. Like, they already yeah. made a second version of Persona 3. It's Persona 3 FES. And the extra character and the extra dungeon and storyline from FES is not in portable. The only thing they did in portable is they added a lady version of the guy character, like the main character. Mm -hmm. So there's a guy or a girl version you want to pick. Because of the memory limitations of the PSP, instead of walking around in the open world, you just kind of... Shimigami Tensei, that bitch. Yeah, you just shift around (laughs) via menu. And you only really walk around physically when you're in the dungeon. And it's yeah. not that big of a change, and it still doesn't really affect, I guess, the heart of the game itself. But going from the PS2 version to that, I definitely felt the difference, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Same. Yeah, and that was the showcase. That was the mini partner direct. And, I mean, it was pretty good showing. Like I said, I enjoyed myself. A lot of good stuff coming out. I can't wait. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Wait. So, yeah, uh, I think that'll be a show this week, too. We didn't get any listener questions, and I don't think either of us are feeling anything in particular this week. Mm-mm. Other nope. than the usual suspects, feeling three hopes. Yeah. That type of thing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hop off for the week. But, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a, a brief moment to drop that ad, and we'll be right back to let you know where you can find us. And we're back. Derek, the gamer, the goodies, the more. Tell them, please. They can check me out at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. And I'm also at the Peddler's Mall in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's 7803 East Washington Street. Gamers can be notoriously difficult to buy for. You're not really sure what to get us. If there's a game coming out we want to play, we usually get it for ourselves. But that's where having someone like Derek in your corner is a good thing because he can help you with the perfect gift for the gamer in your life. Whether that's an extra controller they wouldn't seek out on their own but would very much appreciate. Whether that's an obscure, rare, collectible game. Whether that's just some kind of cool plushie or toy from their favorite game. It's something they can put up on the shelf and admire and think of you when they do it. So check him out of all the places. And don't forget... We're dropping episodes every single Friday, so if you want to come and hang out with us again, you don't have to wait that long. We're uploading new episodes to our hub at anchor.fm slash player2 is there to the pod every single Friday, but you can listen to us on any platform you prefer, including Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Find us on social media, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, Player2 has entered the pod. Our link tree is in the show notes. Shout out to our patron, Jordan. We appreciate you, sir. If you want to contact us for guest suggestions, listener questions, feedback, anything at all, we're very receptive to that. You can do it via social media or email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And that is a show. All right. All right. We'd like to thank you all for coming out, hanging out with us this week. We appreciate you. We love you. We will hope to see you next week. Take care. Peace.